This is Norman T. Chala. Welcome to the Tempered Fables. The Tempered Fables is a short story fiction podcast, unserialized, which means you can, you know, come into any episode that you so choose and enjoy a story. I take the role, well, me, Norman, I take the role of a narrator named N.T. Clover, and we sit by the campfire and tell you a story. The genres range from life to fiction to comedy to romance to fantasy, pretty much anything that comes to mind whenever I write a story. In this story, the architect of life takes you on a tour throughout the afterlife. The genres include life and fiction. There are no warnings this time, so you don't have to be worried about anything. (laughs) Without further ado, let's get into character and light up the fire. Welcome, welcome. It seems you have died. How unfortunate, but that's okay. I'm sure you'll find something new to do here. Come with me. Let me show you around the afterlife. Episode 33, The Architect of Life. Welcome to the Tempered Fables. My name is N.T. Clover. Come, sit by the fire. Let me tell you a story. I am the architect of life. While you are getting acquainted with our local establishment, permit me to share with you my story. I was one of the first few souls here, back when all you could see was pure darkness. While the other souls were tormenting themselves about how they've lost everything and crying everything away, I was thinking to myself, why is there absolutely nothing here? Don't you wish there was a warm cottage or an inn, something in this vast space? There's not even a bed or fire. Just empty land. Not a sun or moon in the sky, if I could even see one here. Nevertheless, I kept pondering and walked, walked far in front of me on this land of emptiness, wishing for something instead. At first I thought, maybe this is heaven, but it's not nice at all. I don't feel rested. I don't feel blessed. I don't see any God near me, unless God is an empty land. Then I thought, maybe this is hell. There's nothing here. That could be the punishment. That's the thing. There's nothing here. I don't feel any pain. It's not torture in any way. Sure, nothing excites me in this vast space, but I have my able mind and I can still think. So I concluded, after walking an uncomfortable amount of miles later, that we, me and the dying souls, the 62 of us, all walking together, are not in either heaven or hell. We are somewhere in between. We're not exactly alive, per se. 
I don't see anything that resembles my old village. But we haven't ceased to exist and we can still think. I guess it's like that old saying, thoughts are immortal if they are carried on from person to person, just like me right now. So, somewhere between life and death, maybe, and no benevolent god to welcome us, and no devil to harm us, maybe, what should we do? I want to fire, was the first thing that I said out loud. I want to see where we're going. We kept walking, and one of the souls found a stick on the ground. A stick made of wood. Interesting discovery. Wood exists in this afterlife. We found more wood. More sticks, actually. We started to make a fire, and it worked. Fire works in the afterlife. The rules are pretty much the same as when we were alive. But what about pain? Do we feel it? On that thought, I threw a stick at a soul to see if it hurts him. He wailed in response, but had no damage on his uh, corporeal form. So we feel pain, but there's no physical harm. Interesting. Feelings exist. We wandered more and more torches at the ready until we found a place to hunker down. There were materials everywhere. Rock, iron wood and forest there were no animals to be found sadly i would have loved to see a bunny but not all living creatures wander into this empty land well why not build a village so we did made it out of wood and rock a simple place with huts and a fire in the middle we built an inn too more and more souls wandered into our place They saw the light of a fire in the distance, and it was the only thing they could recognize here. Our campfire was a beacon for the dead. The inn expanded. I never knew how, but we gained more and more materials. Coal, steel, concrete, marble. It turns out that these souls, pitch black and ethereal and scary looking as they are, carried their experiences over from their past life. Some were builders and engineers, which helped. Others were miners, and a few were designers. They helped out with how the buildings looked. The souls started getting their voices back. I noticed their accents, and they varied. There was a little French in there, a little British too. Two of our designers were Australian. One was Russian. I realized something. I was the only one who could speak in the beginning. Why could they not speak until now? New souls picked up extra jobs. There were tailors making suits and overalls, blacksmiths making tools, and carvers. Oh, the carvers. They were the most popular of the souls. They would get commissions from everyone. Make a dog, make a cat, make my wife, all out of wood. I was the first customer. I got my bunny. I get it. They can carve something that reminds one of their past life. I felt that in my bunny. They go hand in hand with the counselors. The counselors were the ones in charge of, well, counseling and making sure everyone is on high morale. Some souls were born forgotten. Some barely remember anything. And some needed a little pep talk to get them back on track. 
the most empathetic of us became these helpful souls who could talk to those wandering. They sometimes use tools to communicate with the ones who can't speak yet, like an Ouija board, but for actual souls. Anyways, yes, back to present time. As you can see, we are quite modernized. We have most amenities to help you feel alive again with a routine. Each room is equipped with a kitchen so you can pretend to cook something. We don't have hunger here after all, and a shower and bathtub for you to wind down in. There are games to play all around, and plenty of odd jobs to help out with around the town. Also, there are animals. Well, animal souls. Some have kept them as pets, and others they've herded them like in their previous life. You can play with them. They love the company. The souls have titles now. Chief Carver or Chief Stonemason. There is Chief Executive Janitor cleaning over there, the blacksmiths, the counselors, and their leader, the Great Voice, and many more. We formed a council and we make our decisions on what to do next. It's our purpose. We try to make the best of our feelings while we were alive. That is why we provide feelings as a service. So you don't lose yourself on your way to reincarnation or to heaven or hell. Hmm? Ah, yes. It turns out we were right. We're right in the middle. The benevolent beings, they have contacted us when our village was built and apologized, as it was that we were hit by some worldly catastrophe and sent to a different dimension by mistake. We were supposed to be sent to heaven, but it all got lost in the paperwork. The beings were impressed that we could make a village in this vast emptiness and after a little discussion or two allowed us to stay here. In return, we help with processing new accidental deaths from the real world. Fantastic, right? The reincarnation is a new service that we've added recently. Turns out there were a lot of wandering souls who want to go back and reincarnate again and they keep requesting for it. We got the approval, and now we're set. So, here are the papers. Just fill in the form, and you're good to go. As the architect, I am here to help you. Do let me know if you need any assistance. Ah, there is something else I'd like to share. I came to a conclusion as to why I was the first person to speak before everyone else. It's also partly why they call me the architect. I had purpose. It gave me my voice back. These souls found their voices back when they had something to do. Something to build towards. They found their purpose along the way. I found mine from the beginning. My purpose? I wanted to belong. It resonated with them. Then I became their leader. Ah, yes. Your papers are done. Here you go. I see you've picked reincarnation. That will take three days to process. In the meantime, would you like to try our finest hot springs? You won't be clean afterwards, but you will feel clean. We have a lion dance at 8, drinks at 9.15, and a community carving workshop at 10, so don't miss out on those. You won't have to worry about timing. We exist in 12-hour cycles.
No sun and moon, remember? Please keep in mind that you are always welcome to our afterlife. For the time being, find your purpose and have a wonderful stay. I am the architect of life, and I exist to design you for your next journey. And that is the end of the tale. Until next time, friend, I'll be waiting by the fire. Have a wonderful time, my dear friend, architect. <laughs> Hello, hello, Norman here, and thank you for listening to this episode. Now for a little bit of the notes and the after story. The Architect of Life was a pretty fascinating writing prompt for me, at least. I remember writing the following uh, in my notebook, I think three years ago. Non-fiction style story where the architect talks about his workings in and out of the dead, and how they are remembered, how they are forgotten, and how they can be reborn. The architect helps design their lives again if they do so in goodwill. A curse? A condition? It might be a dice roll. It might be a gamble. Leftover habits from their previous life. I think in that last sentence, um, it was trying to uh, create this environment uh, between heaven or hell or the afterlife, the, that new plane or dimension, whereby easing the soul to find purpose or to give them a routine where they can find themselves again, they can maybe... Um, reincarnate uh, into goodwill. So that's probably what that sentence means. I'm trying to interpret uh, myself from three years ago, so I don't actually remember what I wrote here. (laughs) But I do remember the influences uh, behind where this story came from. One is the concept of designing your own heaven. So the first season, I wrote a story called Heaven is Alive. The, the concept of it is some kind of paradise. Uh, it's defined um, by a benevolent being, and you're supposed to find comfort in it. But I wanted to topple that upside down by creating your own heaven, or that basically heaven is being alive or heaven is living. Uh, therefore, you should live uh, right now. That's what heaven is supposed to represent. And outside of religious influences or anything like that, I took that into this episode. And I wanted to write an interpretation where a heaven or a paradise or an afterlife outside of, you know, real life right now is designed by a being and not exactly a god because god can have many different meanings and interpretations, but rather another soul, someone that we can relate to that just wants to have their own personal designed afterlife. And that's when this idea came about. The reason why I called it specifically the architect, I think I was reading about architecture articles at that time, like different really beautiful looking buildings. And I imagined the inn to be very white and marbled and very comforting, sort of like a modern kind of paradise. And it is all designed by one famous individual. And in this case, I called him the architect. Another reason why I called him the architect was that I was inspired by the Matrix, the Matrix trilogy, specifically the war between the Oracle and the Architect, and the Architect being that old man at the end of the movie. I thought I'd make a good version of that, and from there, make the premise, build a village, 
in the middle of nowhere, called that the afterlife, and tried to make life after living more human and relatable. I just thought that that was, you know, warming. Just nice to hear. I don't remember when I saw that quote where thoughts carried from person to person makes one immortal. I tried to write my own prose uh, to convey that same message. I remember that people were trying to look for immortality in older civilizations when people are trying to find the cure for living forever and the key to that is memory. So assuming that one has died and wants to be remembered because without remembering oneself then effectively have you lived is probably a huge existential question which will probably be amplified after you realize that you have died and you are in the afterlife and there's nothing left. There's like darkness. I would think the concept of carvers or people who make mementos for others so that they can remember who they were or who they are still are probably the most important in the community of a hypothetical afterlife village or group of people or network of people or network of souls rather and that's where the carvers came out of i don't know i also don't know why the character chose to like a bunny that just came to my mind i don't have any affinities to bunnies the most is uh, episode 20 the crossroads bunny that's pretty much it but uh, i'm more of a bird guy myself and a dog guy i prefer to have my dog carved into wood or a giant chicken because I love chicken alive and and or fried so yeah <laughs> but anyway that's enough from me that's pretty much it for the after story take care and I will see you in the next episode thank you for supporting the fables so far if you want to reach out to me you can tweet me actually at Norman Cella or at Tempered Fables and we can have a chat you can ask me questions, you can complain to me, encourage me, support me, whichever. But I welcome a conversation on equal grounds when people are listening to each other. Because that's what we need, right? To listen. Take care, and I will see you in the next episode. Bye-bye. The Tempered Fables is a narrative short story fiction podcast made by me, Norman Cella. From sound design to hosting to narrating to drafting the story. You can find out more at temperedfables.com. The songs used in this episode were the following. Path of the Goblin King, Industrious Ferret, and Moonlight Hall. From Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Sounds were obtained from zapsplat.com. <laughs>